This is the University Seventh-day Adventist Church in the sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today, and may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our future sermon. But you know, this last weekend, my wife and I were, um, this is the fifth, last week was the fifth weekend of the quarter. No, I mean the the 15th, what is it, uh, for the 13th Sabbath, I guess, yeah. And on the fifth, on, on the month that brings five weeks, uh, I usually, they, they've advised me that I should take it off and just don't go to any of the churches. I'm being back and forth in the churches. But we took advantage to, to go, my wife and I, to a retreat, a couple's retreat, which we have not been for a while. And it's called FamilyLife.com, A Weekend to Remember. How many of you are familiar with, with A Weekend to Remember? There you go. Yeah, I know. I heard you guys went. There you go. You guys been to it? Wonderful. Hey, I wish every single couple in this church, and if you're thinking to be a couple, if you're already a couple, and if you're even dating, uh, there was in pre-engaged uh, couples where they engaged couples. So I, I, I really hope that every family, every couple will be able to uh, be exposed to a weekend like this, not just because of the good accommodations and the good speaking, but the principles that these guys share. I mean, um, I, we've been to a few in the last 20 years that we've been together, Litsy and I, um, uh, married 2021, 20, it's going to be 2021, it's coming, but, um, but listen, I mean, this stuff, it's, uh, it's incredible. I think um, it's so important, too, because really, uh, as we look at the church, um, the enemy, and as, as we look at society, the enemy is attacking uh, the couples, the family, and especially when it comes to the marriage. Uh, you've heard, you know, now married, marriage is possible among not just the men and the women, which is the way God intended, by the way. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. And so if the Bible says it, it must be so, right? But beyond that, there, there is, there, there is um, there's stuff that we don't even think about that really, really every couple, every marriage uh, should be aware of, made aware of, of God's plan for the relationship. Anyway, we, we had a tremendous, uh, I was blessed, my wife was blessed. We had just a wonderful weekend. Uh, the kids stayed with uh, family members, which is good. That's when it's good to have family members around. <laughs> so they could take, uh, we could take a weekend off. But um, what I share that with you? Well, because I believe that we really go about our days and, and, and what do you even think about, um, you know, like everything, like every day is just a normal day, don't we? I mean, think about this. When you came here, you just thought it was just another day, wasn't it? Another Sabbath, another time to go to church. And just, we, we, don't, we don't think of everything that, that is needed or that needs to be working for us to be able to be here today. Uh, for example, I don't know if you realize this, but you and I could die at any moment, Right? I mean, I don't want to bring bad news to you, but the reality is that you and I can die at any moment, but we don't really think about it, right? We live like it's just a normal day, like everything's supposed to go as normal, but what about the things that must be working for us to continue living? How about your kidneys, right? Your kidneys must be working today if you want to be alive. Your liver, right? And about your lungs, and anything, any of the internal organs that we have, they must be working for you to be alive today. But we don't think about these things. 
Even when you were driving out here, and I, and I was driving, and I know I was driving here, sometime, somebody told me one time that when, I don't know how true it is, but um, I know one of the leaders of the church back a few years back, he told me, Pastor, when you get on 95, that's when we used to be around uh, Coco area, he said, Pastor, when you get over 95, the angels get out of the car. <laughs> That's how, that's how dangerous he thought I was, how, how fast I was driving. And I know this morning as I'm thinking about it, I'm coming back here and I'm driving and I see my brother was coming next to me and I saw a couple of cars and I tried to weave a little bit and I realized, hey, let me hold on. And I know he was a little nervous, but he didn't say anything. Um, but, but even coming to driving over here, we don't think about that at any moment. I mean, you're driving like just a few inches away from another set of cars coming the opposite way. That if somebody jerks around the other way, right? They're armed the wrong way. You might be just be gone. But we just take it as it's normal. I mean, it's just another day. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to make it. And that's just the way it is. I want you to turn with me to James chapter 4, 13. And 14. And uh, if you can follow me along there, James, I know that's the one. James chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. James, knowing sometimes that we, we take for granted that we just uh, take life for granted and some of the blessings that God gives us, this is what he says. He says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Verse 14, he says, Yeah, you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then what? Vanishes. Now, I see, this is something that I think I, I wanted to, I've been really thinking and dwelling on this this week. Frederick Buchner said this, intellectually, we all know that we will die. But we do not really know it in the sense that the knowledge becomes part of us. We do not really know it in the sense of living as though it was true. On the contrary, we tend to live as though our lives will go on forever. The main point that I'm trying to get at here is that on an average day, we live caught up in ourselves, in our own little world, and we don't really consider God and, 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 and the reality, the providence that there is for you and I to be alive today. And how really temporary our lives is here. We live as thinking that this is really the reality that counts and that matters, you know, the plans that we have. And James says, hey, we think of the business that we're going to do. We're going to go to this city. I'm going to finish my career. I'm going to marry this woman. I'm going to have so many kids. I mean, we got all these great plans. And listen, there's nothing wrong with planning. But for us to constantly forget that it is God at the center of this picture, that life is not really about your plans or my plans is about what God's reality and what it means for you and for me today. And we go about our days forgetting about God. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, is natural. It, my natural inclination is to forget about God in my, day, in my everyday life. And you say, well, if you're a pastor, you have to be remembering God. But listen, even as you go about visiting people and doing other things, you could depend on your own strength and you could begin to forget who's the one that 
is dri driving you there, who's the one who's called you, and we just go about our day, get caught up on everything, on everything that goes on, and we forget who's the one behind moving the wheel. The truth is that we tend to forget. Now, this verse that, um, and, 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 and we're going to put it together, but this verse that uh, William read, remember Ephesians 4.4? 4, 4? Um, well, let me, let me back up here a little bit. I, I, I know we are, we all are different people, right? And we all have different uh, tendencies, different personalities. Uh, for example, I, in my home, I know Litsy tends to be, and she gave me okay to say this, so, and you, you can relate to this. Litsy, it's the one my wife uh, tends to worry a little more than I do, right? My, my personality is a little bit more like, uh, you know, carefree, don't worry, be happy sometimes. Sometimes to the point that I've been accused of being a minimizer. You know, that nothing, nothing is big, but trust me, uh, sometimes even the big things. Well, and, and just like that, even, even that translates to our children, because I think, I think uh, the oldest one, Alexi, it's a little more like his mom. He tends to worry about, you know, grades and things like that. He worries a little more. And Giancarlo, you know, he just, he got up here because he doesn't really take stress too much. Otherwise, he wouldn't be here. Imagine if he was a worry person, right? But that's how he is. And I don't know if you can relate to that, but, but, but some of us worry more than others, right? I mean, it's just, it's just uh, what we think, it, it's our nature. But I, I, I want to go back to this verse of, of, of Philippians that we read together and, 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 and just read that again together, Philippians 4.4. 4, because Paul says, I tell you what, come on, say it, if you have it there. If not, let me, let me find it here with me. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, he said, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I said rejoice. Now, listen, this is not a suggestion. Paul is telling the church, this is a command of God. So what do we do with this reality that even though we, some of us tend to, to worry more about than others, this is a, a command that says rejoice in the Lord always. And, and again, this is, and he ends up with, um, he says, unless um, it doesn't finish, or the verse, well, let me, it finishes with verse 6. It says, and do not be anxious about what? About what? Nothing. So this, is, this is, includes everything. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Then he said, again, I said rejoice. And then he says, but it doesn't finish with the fact that saying, oh, well, re, uh, rejoice. Unless you really got important things to do and if you're really important person, then maybe you could really worry. Does he say anything like that? No, no. As a matter of fact, it finishes with, the, with a statement later that says, don't even you be anxious about nothing. And is this a suggestion? Is this a command? So what do we do with this? Nothing is worth, Paul seems to suggest, that nothing is worth losing sleep over it. You say amen to that? <laughs> You're like, well, I don't know, Pastor. I couldn't sleep last night. But what do you do with this? Then is this a reality? How, how do we embrace that? I mean, what do you do with it? The Lord says, do not be worried. Rejoice always, right? Paul uses that to, to, uh, to talk to the church. And so what about when you and I stress about our family and we stress about our jobs and we stress about our lives? What's happening with us? What do we do? Is it that we're not taking God seriously? Well, I want to suggest to you that when you and I worry, 
Now, mind you, and, and I'm not talking about clinical or anything, you know, some, some people have some condition. And, and even for that, I think that the Lord has power enough to give, you, to give us a freedom from that. Can you say amen? But the truth of the matter is that when you and I worry about our family, about our job, about our lives, or anything, even worrying about how things are going to work out today, we are defying God. And what we're really saying is this. That our circumstances are such and are, and, and are so more, much more important than the command of God that tells us to rejoice. I mean, think about it. When you cannot rejoice, always, and when you get to be anxious about something, you are actually saying, Lord, this situation I'm going through, you just don't understand, God, what I'm going through. Yes, Paul said that. Yes, that was an advice for the church. But true, Lord... You not really know what I'm dealing with. My circumstances are different. I'm a little more unique. And you just don't understand. Well, this is God's command. When we worry, listen, worry implies that we don't quite trust God. That he's big enough. That he's powerful enough. Or that he's loving enough to take care of our, of our issues or our problems or our needs. Let me say that again. When we worry, we by default are saying that we don't quite trust God, not his love, not his power, to take care of us. And when we worry, and when we stress, how about when we stress? When we stress, it says that the things that we are involved in are not important enough to deserve our patience or our grace toward others or our, us trying to understand that sometimes we just don't control everything. We just don't have a grip of all the circumstances because some of us are control freaks. And when things go out of our control, when we realize that really we're not in charge, then we get anxious and we get distressed. Listen, all I'm saying is that this attitude of stress forgets the bigger picture of how insignificant we are and how our existence, it's only within the context of God and his mercy and his grace for each one of us. Amen. I mean, somehow we should not forget. We should not be away from this context that everything in your life, in my life, is about what God is doing and what his plans are for you and me. Not what you're thinking or what you're planning or what you're worrying about. It's not worth uh, for you to lose sleep over it. It's just not. Because... I don't know about you, but again, and I've, I keep saying it, but I know, and, and some people might think, well, here it goes again. But really, the whole point of the story is that this life and this existence that we have, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God, isn't it? And so at the center of our existence, at the center of what's going on, or the story that we live in, is God. It's not really us. It's God. And I've, I've heard an illustration that, that I, I said, uh, man, I, I actually read it and I said, I need, to, I need to share this with you because it really makes it uh, clear, maybe to, some of, to, to our age here, maybe not all of us uh, uh, are the moviegoers uh, type, but you've seen a movie on TV or something and you know about Hollywood and the movies and all that. But worrying about our lives and, def and, 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 and really stressing like this is, is like this way. Imagine... Imagine that, that you and I, that you, uh, well, let me say, imagine that I, 
I've gotten a part in a movie where I was just an extra. And I was an extra in, um, in, a, in a scene where there's like hundreds of people just walking around a mall. And the shot that they caught of me is the shot of the back of my head. And it's like two-fifths of a second appears in the movie. And that's my shot. And so, and so I, I, oh, I'm excited. I tell my family, right? And, 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 and I tell my mom. Of course, my mom always thinks that everything I do, I do is special. So she gets all excited about it. And so I, I show it. You know, I scrutinize the scene. And I show it to her. And I point it out when the back of my head comes out. I say, there it is. There I am, mama. Maybe she, I know my mom. She will celebrate for me because the back of my head is in this movie. But, but nobody else really will notice. Nobody even will know. Maybe by now with my white hair, some people might recognize it. But not really. Nobody really cares. But to go even beyond this, check this out. What about if I, if, if when the movie's going to open up, I rent a whole movie theater. You know, we go to AMC theaters in, in Orlando or whatever. And, 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 I, and I have you there. Say, and I invite everybody. I say, let's go. I got this movie that's about me. Come on, you guys. I, 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 this movie's all about me. Come on, let's celebrate. And when you get there and you see the movie, what, do you, what are you going to think? This, this guy's delusional. <laughs> this movie has nothing to do. It's not with me. Well, this, this, is, this is the point. I think we as Christians live life. We're more delusional than that. Because we think that life, that we're the important part of the piece, and that we're the center of the story. Think about the movie of life. When God created, you know, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Were you there? No. Was I there? And he says, were you there when he said that everything was good? And then people revel, you know, revel against God and, and, and Adam and Eve and the whole evil thing happens. And then the flood comes and God tries to bring back order and, and, and do away with evil at that point. And you remember the flood story. None of us were there. I wasn't there. And then follow along. Then you have Abraham, right? And Abraham, God finds this 99-year-old man, and he makes him a blessing to everybody. And God didn't tell us he was going to do that. I mean, we weren't there. And you go the story, and you follow along, and it comes Moses and Joseph and, and David and all this set of normal people that God uses to tell the story about whom? About him. And then comes to the climax of the story, and we find that the Son of God comes into the picture. And he comes to the cross and he sacrifices his life and he makes it possible for you and me. And he is at the center. The only two-fifths of a second that you and I may have is this little life that we have. And it might be somewhere between his ascension, right? Two-fifths of a second when God goes up and when he comes back for a second time and we all worshiping God in heaven. Somewhere we have those two-fifths of a second. I don't know about you, but, but I want my two-fifths of a second to be all about glorifying God and being about Him, not about me, not stressing over things that don't really matter. 